Hey guys, welcome to the Limitation is a Mirage podcast. Today I have a superhuman guest in Brian, who is an associate of Kim Cavill's Dynamite Lifestyle. I think I said her name right. I'm terrible with names, so you can correct me whenever I, whenever I come back around. Uh, so please, for anyone that has not met you or hasn't been following you, just give us a brief intro into who you are and what you're about. You was I right, yeah. first of all? <laughs> yeah, no, it was Kim Calvert of Dynamite Lifestyle. I'm uh, Brian Cassidy, so it's uh, I love that superhuman. But what we do is a high elite human performance mentor, and that's what Kim Calvert is. She's probably the number one in the world with Bob Proctor, who recently passed away. And as I say, I'm an associate, direct associate, working alongside Kim Calvert, getting to meet amazing, incredible people from all over the world, looking to better themselves, to close the gap from where they are to where they want to be by elite mentorship. So that's, that's, that's awesome. I love I love the idea of elite mentorship, but it's not for elite people. It's for everyone to become elite. I like that idea rather than just this is just for the top of the top because you're the same as me. You believe that people have so much within them that they just need to release and become. I, I say superhuman. You're saying elite. It's it's all the same stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's how you how you see the world. Like you know, you're talking about limitations, like. We all know the only limitations we place is the ones we place upon our mind. And what we help to do is help people understand that and then to develop themselves from within rather than develop the world outside them because we know that life doesn't come to you, it comes from you. And I've learned that, honestly, through my own experience. And it's through that experience that gives me that understanding that we are limitless. We are able to achieve absolutely anything that we put our minds to. And that's so good for me because the thing about it is I get to see it every day Liam you get to see it every day because we work with people that does it and we get to see the change we get to see the differences and it's through that that people say well I did ask for this once this one time I wanted to do this and I didn't get it so that was 15 years ago so I never tried it again yeah the thing about it is me and you work day in day out with people who are looking to break down the barriers of what is possible and we know that there's no such thing as impossible. We know that anything can be done when you put your mind to it. That, that idea of the ask, because we get that a lot, like the ask. And I always would say, have you ever seen a child ask for a cookie to their mom? They'll say, can I have a cookie? And the mom will say, no. Does the child go away and sit down and give up? Do they fuck? They come back and be like, can I have a cookie? And they just keep asking until they get it. We lose that as we get older. We get shot down. One shoot down is enough for us to just give up for most people. Um, but that's not not the case with with what we're doing and what with what you do. So I know I know a, a lot of your backstory. Just I've known you for, for a long time now. At this point, we met through a mutual friend who is would be I still I'm consider him. I, I consider him my mentor, and I'm just looking around my room. His clothes that he has made, D. Graham, he's the guy that makes makes me look good on stage. If I remember seeing him. The first day, I just don't want to look homeless. I look like a homeless person that somehow made it to the stage. So if you can fix that, you you are superhuman. Fair play to He did. <laughs> I seen your shirts, hey, and they are superhuman. They're lethal. They stand out of my like they they yes, D Graham's a good friend of mine. Like, and he makes me look good on stage when I do my seminars and stuff. And right, we know that you know life surely is all about coming from the inside and your confidence comes. But I can tell you now. You put on a, like a suit that has been tailored to your fitting, that is not fitting any other human out there in the world. It is done to your exact size. I can yeah. tell you now, there's something about that present. There's like a glow or an aura about you. 
Are we selling D here or what's the story? <laughs> we bit, but but I think I think it fits in because I know whenever I used to do stage work before I, I dressed in D's gear, I would be really confident when I'm going there. But just like you said, when I put it on, it just it's like me putting on a suit of armor. And I think that's what I'm trying to do with my clients is to teach them it's not what he did. Like you follow my journey and try to do exactly what I did. You don't do that. You find what fits perfectly suited for you. And that's how you live that life. So I, I wanted you to just, if you're happy to touch a wee bit on how, how did you get into this? Because you've already alluded to it, but you've never, this wasn't how you lived your life, your whole life. You weren't like, this was it. And, and from the depth, like we all go through different journeys in our life to get here. So would you mind touching on some of how you got to, like live the life I love yeah. following. I, I live vicariously through you by watching all your holidays. And when you're like, this is me and my spa, this is me and my pool. And, this is <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is my beach too. I'm living through you. Yeah. Um, well, look, as I say, like, you know, my life is completely changed. Even in the time of my troubles were going on, I was so paranoid about everybody else, what they thought of me because I had ditched myself from social media because I had that worry and that fear with, because of the life I was living through drink and drugs, completely sabotaging yourself. So, I actually wasn't on social media for seven years because I knew I didn't want that life to be. I'm so afraid of everything. And yeah. when you're on that drugs and drink, you are so consciously aware. Are they talking to me? Is that person? What are they thinking of me? What did he say about me? And you're always, always running around trying to put out fires everywhere because your mind is completely lost. And that's where my mind was. It was an absolute wreck because I was trying to be everything that I'm not. I was trying to be fitting in with the groups of people that I was trying to run around with, which is trying to do the thing that was cool, which is live your life to the full. Yeah. I thought was when you're 17, 18 years of age is when you lose a good friend yourself, you know, we went away to holidays to Greece and come back and uh, a good friend lost to cancer. You know, that was unfortunate, but I can tell you now there's two ways to have a, a change in your life. And that's through repetition or emotional impact. And that emotional impact hit me. And it set me in a spiral and a spiral to live my life fully to the way I wanted it. But I thought it was living your life was to go out and drink, party, drink, party. And of course, the more you do that, the more you're going to get a bigger surrounding you do because you're out every weekend. You're going yeah. to find other people that are an influence of drugs and stuff. And you then lead to more, more, more harmful things to the body. But don't get me wrong. Absolutely mental, crazy party. Well, you've got the full moon parties. You've got the Ibiza's, you've got the Amsterdam's, you've got all these places that you call and uh, would associate with the drugs and the drink and the partying. You know, this is the things that I was doing. Like I thought to myself that I was going to live my life to the full. But after a while, it takes an effect. It takes effect on your body. Yeah. yeah. Showing on my face was shrunken. I was like maybe in enough eight and a half stone. It was just everything was taking its toll. But most of all, the toll was in my mind, my mental capacity, my life was starting to crumble around me. I had three friends that took their own life and I had two friends that died to an overdose of drugs just through experiment. They didn't try an overdose, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just through uh, too much of it. And I had one in rehab that survived it. And I thought I was going to be next. So yeah. you can imagine there's a lot of people on here that has went through that or know somebody that's went through it because yeah. Ireland has got that historic name but my grandfather my granda or my father at all had through drink problems and alcohol problems and sure jesus always i thought well sure i'm the next one i'm the one in the no, family. it's normal nearly 
Exactly. So I thought, yeah. this is it. So I goes, this is the way, this is the way it's going to be laid out to me. But I was going so hard that I didn't want my life to end too. But it was getting to the point where my heart actually was taking a thing. I was going to the doctors and I couldn't tell my mother because I didn't want her to know. But the heart was starting to think I was stopping to breathe and stuff because it was taking too much pressure on my heart, the cocaine and stuff. And that really does bring yourself to you know, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You can't stop. I say addiction. Addiction means a lot of things to a lot of people. Addiction yeah. only for me, there's one meaning for You want to stop it, you couldn't stop. That's my definition of it. And I believe that was my addiction. I couldn't stop. You led to a drink and then drink led to drugs. And that was always the same. There's always one little pattern. But every time it was three, four, five days, lad, you're out and you're partying and you're coming in and you're getting the roar and you're getting the shouting, wise up, what are you doing this for? You know better, this is stupid. You're wasting your whole life away. Yeah, 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 shut up. Put yourself in a dark room, close the windows down, speak to nobody, wait for three days, get yourself out, back on it again. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Because you never like to quit on a Sunday or Monday because that was always yeah. good. And Monday, you got the cartwheel on the Monday night, so you're always good there, so you were. But you did it, it right, was... anyway, when you did it. You like you went, uh, you're going gonna to go out, you're going to go and do it. The right way. Well, I can tell you now, we've done three, four days without a sleep in that there and keep going. No sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough. And that was going to, that was really the, the voices and the noise and the thoughts in your head. It would drive you to insane. Like, and I mean, I mean, standing with a freaking knife and pushing up against the wall, you know, literally trying to, and it was that emotion because you're literally just saying to yourself, I want this over. You know, people are trying to break free from a prison, but you can't break free from one if you don't know you're in one. Yeah. Uh, that's massive. Yeah. And that was like literally when I can look back. The only reason why I can tell my story now is because I've developed myself in a way that you can out and connect the dots and the sense of awareness and sense of yeah. knowingness. And I did set me on a journey, but it was only through my mother's unconditional love that set me up free, that would set me in a want to get more because she came in instead of coming in the roar and screaming and shouting and coming home from her looking after a dementia mother on a Sunday night, she'd come home on a Monday, knowing that I'd be laying in bits, not at me work for probably the six months six, I went six months in a row out going to work on a Monday and literally she just knew I'd be laying there depressed or frigging you know thing and probably land blew out of it and she'd come in and instead of coming in that roaring and shouting she normally on screaming she ended up coming in and she bought me a look and a Mr. Frosty and I mind that very well lad and it was Mr. Frosty's game and you, you were going to come down there's some two things that I always kept you around is a look and cold something cold and she brought that in, and I can tell you now, I seen her like, and she didn't roar. She said, "What more can I get you? What else can I get you? What, what more do you want?" And I mean that literally shook something inside me that was not an emotion back then. I said, "I can't do this anymore." Yeah. I just let blew to bits. But, She's giving you the compassion that you couldn't give yourself in the, in in that moment in that um, spiral that you were in. I love the way you described it as a spiral because that's what happens. People just you just keep going deeper and deeper until you ha- you're shook out of it by, by a Mr. Frosty or uh, whatever <laughs> it is that happens to, to pull you out of it. So what, what, once you had that change and that's like... Well, you know you know well as well as me, Liam, nothing changes overnight. When you get such no. a strong program or paradigm that I know now and that mental program that's been sitting there for years, you ain't going to get that overnight. Like that Mr. Frosty and that legacy was not going to shift it for me. <laughs> So I went on the journey of it over the next 10 years to get over. And it was a 10 year of fucking failures and ups and downs and ups and downs. I would have started out into the number one thing, which is my mother would only know it was with faith. 
which is go to the religion, go to the chapel, go to the churches and stuff. And I would beg for help there. But I was begging in a place of complete desperation. Mm -hmm. I know when you pray and you pray from a, a place of lack and emotion, you're going to get more of that. Because anything you mix up thought with, with feeling, is going to pre present itself in your life. And mm -hmm. that's what I was seeing more of. The more I roared and screamed and shouted about God and having all, help me, help me, you know, why are you doing this to me? The more it, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I didn't realize, you know, I was blaming something outside me again. And that, that left me. I mean, being in Trevor's Paradise, and that, again, was a line that was taken on his own, living on a 10th floor, boy, looking over the sea and everything. But I was getting up on a Sunday morning after a come down and hangover, and I was running down to the chapel trying to get myself and help him asking for it i'm sitting on this most paradise the names in it and i was literally suffering suffering mm -hmm. big time doesn't matter where i had been in our boat cooks doing you know moving myself to us through the world i'm still facing the same problems i can't so, run away from what's inside you exactly and i was trying to do that but that didn't work either so then you know we've got the great things that everybody and your clients have all said but liam i know about self-confidence i know about self-filming i know because i watch youtube i've seen the doctor <laughs> Wayne Dyer. I've seen the yeah. Tony Robbins. Why do I feel so good after watching Les Byrne and Tony Robbins for a wee while? Motivation is only going to be good for a wee while. It lifts you up for that hour that you're listening to them. I did that for over and over again until I heard Dr. Wayne Dyer talk about yoga and meditation and stuff. And that brought me down my next journey. So when I hear something with my addiction past, I jump on it and I go, I'm off yeah. to the yoga retreat in the Bahamas. And that summer where I just goes, I go, right, that's something I want to do. I go off. It's for yoga teachers. i never done yoga in my life. So I'm sitting here and the first morning you wake up and it's a paradise island. So it you go over to it and it's paradise island in the Bahamas and you stay in a tent. No meat, no alcohol. I go, this is right up my street. And the fourth thing I come in this real awareness, you might have been looking at it now, it was a dong throughout the wee, you know, the tent village. And that's the start up for meditation in the morning go through it. Now this for a week, with collective, a lot of good-minded people. It's silence too, so it was, you mm -hmm. couldn't imagine me doing silence for like a week, but <laughs> it certainly was. But you know what? They taught me that there was a, there was an, a mantras lot. It was the first time I'm experiencing, I can still experience today. So what they do in the yoga and Shivananda yoga retreat is they talk about mantras and reason. Jaya Ganesha, Jaya Ganesha, Jaya Ganesha, Pani Ma. So we do 17, 18 minutes of and I didn't know you had a, if you didn't know it, you got a wee sheet to read from. And I read it from, and that they said the new mantra behind it. I could see my hands were shaking after. I, I didn't know what was going on. I had no yeah. idea. Probably thought you were detoxing. <laughs> I was, what? I literally was. You thought to yourself, what is going on? But I mean, what was going on? This is six o'clock in the morning, you're doing that. And then you do 30 minutes sitting in a meditation posture. Never done that before. My knees were killing me, the pain, all these thoughts. What are you doing? What are you at? So it was like tormented hell at a time, but it was completely, you know, amazing. Because we we're doing six hours of yoga. I'd never done yoga before. I wasn't even fit to stretch my legs, you know. And I'm sitting doing this here, but there was a shift. There was something inside me, and I could feel the chakras open up, this energy. And I thought, I've got it. I'm fixed. I'm sorted. you got neurologists there. But I come home. Give me much of an ego, I believe. You come from somewhere drinking drugs. You want to get back into the... If you haven't changed your surroundings, if you haven't changed the people you hang around with, you yeah. fall neatly back in there. But you'll not fit neatly back. You've got a bigger ego and you'll go even harder. And that's what happened to me. I come home and I fell. And uh, I fell, I mean, and back into the drinking drugs all over again. But they still had a good story to tell that I went away and done this crazy ass thing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely rips you to shreds. Because you know why? When you go away from all that party again, 
and you've done this work and you fail and you failed, you yeah. me again. But that would lead me on again. You've got good friends. You have some good friends that are always there. Like Dee Graham's a good friend of mine. Another guy, Stephen Graham, was a good friend of mine. And he gave me a book called The Secret. You know, we all heard of it. That's yeah. whatever. Bob Proctor and all these guys. You've got it there. We'll hold it up for... Yeah, The Secret. That like, This is something like we talk about mainstream media. That was, we talk about, you know, might have been such a flimsy over at The Secret, but this gave me a state of, you know, the law of attraction. What do you mean? I can have anything I want. Start to teach me that. Put a gratitude rock in your pocket. Rub it every day and just be grateful for the things and you'll get more to be grateful for. I can do that. I put rocks in my thing. I run around with a rock in my pocket. But then it says, if I can have that anything. sounds terrible. What? I run around with a rock in my pocket. <laughs> but that was a gratitude rock. I run around with it in my pocket. And I says, I'll do that. And I every time I put my hand in my pocket when I went to get my phone or wallet, I remind myself to be grateful for something in that moment. And that was good. But then I put it in my car and I repeated it over and over again in the movie. I literally had it in my car for six months, no radio. And I listened and it got into my head. Mm. I can have anything I want. And the only thing I wrote when I, you don't know who you are, you don't really know what you want. But I'll go back when I was a child, I wanted to win all Ireland in boxing. So I go to myself, if I can have anything I want, I would love to have that. How would I get that? And how all come in? But the how wasn't up to me. I asked for it. I get out the pen. I write it down a certain date. Boom, I wrote down the date. It was two years from the day that I had asked for it. So quickly did I not attract the likes of D. Graham and stuff in boxing. He was mental about boxing, but he never boxed before. Went to stag do, we fought in the stag do. And um, he brought me home and I said, you're not a boxer until you're in the ring. Trailed me off to the boxing club. Of course, I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to actually do it. You know, you can yeah. ask for something, but nobody's willing to take the action. Yeah. But more or less, D taking me up to the boxing club. Set fire. He was mad about the boxing. It let something inside me. I never realized that I had before. It gave me a burning desire. And I went on a complete steamroll for this year over the next couple of years to go and get this. We hadn't even got a boxing club. D came the secretary. I came the chairman. My cousin came the coach. We ended up setting Lockshore ABC up and went off awesome. to win an all-earned title. And we were training over 140 kids at a time through the week. It was absolutely mental teaching about discipline and what this was. I had no idea about discipline and my whole personal life was a complete wreck. As soon as I get away, there was a bit of bag of coke or something going on. And it was a mess, but I loved what was going. I loved this. Can I was building this image of somebody who's a chairman, part of the community. I was building this down around there and I was like, this is something I like. So every time I walk into the box club, I was becoming something else that I wasn't. And I went off and trained like everybody else was training like you know, three or four times. And I was too old at three plates in my face from fighting. So I did two false teeth. There was no way I was too old to get the boxing uh, and all iron title. But I knew the secret. I asked for it. I go and get it. I put me in. But I said I'd rather die than not win that. That's the ultimate burning desire. Yeah. And my nose broke months beforehand, three times I got killed. You know, there was no saying the same that I was going to win all iron. Yeah. But every time I realized I had a picture off it, medal of it, and I went at it. And I wrote it down with detail. I wrote it down. I wanted to win by a certain date and I wanted to win by stoppage. Went into the quarterfinals of all Ireland, and I tell you what, I won in one minute. It was on that ring of the video, boom, boom. I watched my hands move. I had no idea what they were doing. I wasn't even breathing. It was just like automatic. You put in it, you put yourself all in it. And I ended up winning all Ireland anyway without ever getting and lost in a round. And Brilliant. it was so crazy because there was such a confidence in me. The all Ireland title final, I mean, my coach coming up and saying, right, do you want to do pad work stuff? The other boys pad and warming up. I sat with my legs crossed. Because I didn't win that all earned in that ring. I won that two years ago when I bloody asked for it. That's the day when I decided I was going to have it. That's the day I won it. 
And your boy come over and asked me, who's up next? And I goes, that's me. He goes, no, a boy on fighting here in Northern Finland. No, I goes, that's me. <laughs> I was sitting, my legs crossed, arms folded. And I goes, I never. And people think that at the moment that it comes up and it's the day that you meet it, it's got absolutely nothing. That day is gonna, it's irrelevant. You yeah. already decided you're going to win. And all the preparation is that done. The day of that final. And that's it. But I didn't know what a goal was, Liam. I didn't know a goal was about growing. That's what goals were. It stimulates growth in your life. And growth is progressive realization of a worthy ideal that Earl Nightingale used. For me, I got the goal. I, unbelievable, patting your back, everybody wins all Ireland. This is great. I was straight in a frigging depression after because got to such a high. I put my whole life on the line. No girlfriends, no nothing, because I decided this was all I wanted in life. But I didn't know what to do after. And what happened? I went deeper and deeper down into sorrows because I didn't know of a goal anymore. And I was back in the drugs and I was back in the drink. And I tell you what, when you fall, you hit it even harder because when you raise yourself up, mm-hmm. you fall from that height, it's a bigger fall. And it really, really, it really think. But everybody else sees something in you that you cannot see. And that was a good friend of mine. He always kept talking with D again. He always would keep going. He always keeping your mind and what he had. But then I've been reading books because the secret was about another great book, Stealing the Fire. It's about getting into a state of ecstasis. You know, we've got the seals and the Navy Marines and all, they get into that. But in that book, they talk about the only way that you ever get into a state of flow or state of ecstasis in your life. They talk about ayahuasca. So <laughs> I read that book. Yeah. And that was on the Thursday night. On the Friday night, I was in the bar. I mentioned the word ayahuasca to a guy. He says, I have a friend that went and did ayahuasca, sacred voyage. Boom, Portugal. Three weeks later, I was sitting in Portugal doing ayahuasca. You know, this is the thing. Boom, I just go everything out of it. They say ayahuasca is bark of a tree and leave of a tree. And you put it together and it's supposed to help people from suicide, addictions, and all these things. It's done all these special things in the world. I can tell you now, it was special. It was an incredible kind of experience over five days. You know, going on nine-hour trips off to hallucinations, meeting tribal leaders and, oh, just meeting and getting rid of ego, detachment and judgment. You know, I should not judge others if I do not want to be judged myself. And ego is like, you know, you just got to let go of your thinking. You aren't your thinking at all. You know, there's some, there's a bigger higher power. Our thoughts are only gathered around with the society we live in. But uh, it was just something that I really found powerful. I was like, literally, you take the thing next to all, you take it and you purge, you purge up and you purge up and you see purples, you see all the colours and the first day it was all amazing, it was great. And I was loving life, I've got all the answers, I am God and all this here, this is the kind of outdoor and people and flashbacks of people that have died in your past and quite surreal. And it, literally it isn't like when you get an apple after that, it's like eating an apple for the first time, you see the leaves for the first time, you hear people's voices for the first time. And it's just one of the most special things, you're all dressed in white and stuff. But then the next day I went in because I was ego and I had I had all the answers and stuff. But I went there to get rid of the ego. But then I had a bigger ego. I have all the answers now. Yeah. I can tell you, Mother Ayahuasca took a hold of me and she ripped me apart that next day. She yeah. stepped in my body and fired me about. Um, it was one of the most incredible, surreal things for about five to six hours. I spoke a new language and literally was firing my body about it. It was absolutely insane because I was sitting back like I was just a wee, you know, like a wee boy up there and he's nothing to do. Like, But I was watching this woman take a hold of my body and was just firing it about and it was crazy you think you have all the answers you think I goes what do you want what do you want and I mind it saying to me you know I want your mind and I goes take it and then it says you can't say by taking it you can't give it because you're still thinking about giving it <laughs> yeah that's complex <laughs> 
was there any fear when you were doing the ayahuasca because i know talking to different ones they're they're going there and they're a bit of afraid of what might yeah. come up for them liam is like this lad you keep going where you're going outside of that there you're going to die anyway i was going to die in the in the life that yeah my life on the outside looked perfect i have a beautiful family i have loving family people supported me great friends and stuff you know that that support act was there but inside everything was freaking going wrong Everything that I couldn't look at my mirror, I didn't even like me. And I didn't, I couldn't stand the world that I was living in in my own head. My thoughts were always sabotaging me. Every time I wanted to do something good, I was falling down again. I was doing something wrong again. And after I see the repetition, I see all my past of failures. All I could think about, there's nothing ever going to be good in my life. I fail all the time. I may be given 35,000 when I was a young kid for, you know, in a car accident. What did I do? I blew it in six months, so did. Went to buy a house, so did. And over in Newcastle, I took a bag of Coke like an ounce of coke and I didn't bother doing it. I bought the house anyway. I'd never seen it for five years. You know, crazy ass mother things that, you know, you thought could have set you up and there was so much good that was happening in my life. But if I've seen good, it was like, I was going to run into it and make sure it crashed and fell. Yeah. And broke. So it's I like you're not, you weren't ready for, because it's strange whenever you tell a story about how you became the All-Ireland All champion, you were doing what you're doing now without knowing you were doing it. Like you're, you're living that life. You're, you made the decision. It's like, and I hope when people are listening that they really get that too many people in my experience, make decisions or make mantras or make goals. And then they just leave them there. And they're like, this will somehow work. And you're like, it fucking won't. But like you, for most people, whenever their friend comes along and it's like, right, there's no boxing club. You want to be a champion. We're going to make a boxing club, get up here and get in. They'd go, it's too much effort. It should be easier than that. Whereas you were doing what you teach now without having a fucking clue that you were doing it or how you were doing it. Or... Yeah. So w- would that be then that, would you believe you just, it's the universe's way of saying like you weren't ready if you had a, not taken the Coke and bought the house and had a, like success in that area, you would have failed anyway along the line and all as mad as it all was and all the shit you've just told us that you've went through it's got you to here today chatting and, and exactly. living your life and so I, back to the ayahuasca the one the mother ayahuasca throws you about the place you you're in that complicated situation you can't give your mind you can't offer yeah, your mind you know, look it was until i completely let go that as soon as I let go, I spoke. I started. There was nineteen. There was twenty. Uh, one of us there, and there was nineteen countries represented around the world. And I started to speak, and I tried to communicate with everybody, but I couldn't speak anymore. So when I let go of the mind, I started speaking, and it was like forced language of mankind. We looked and researched on it, but this was the way it was. I was trying to say the words, "What's going on with me?" And next fall, when I would speak, and everybody else was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Because we're all right there. Uh, everybody's in white and we're all right around a campfire so we are and it's in the middle of portugal in the mountains of monte mariposa and it's just surreal like you know and you know i'm getting up and speaking this year next fall i'd be standing there and i just laugh because i can't i was laughing because i couldn't get the words out to tell you what's going on in my head and next fall, boom, it would flow me back down in the ground again boys and i'd be still being fired about it. this was just absolutely insane and then i was still it was just crazy that this thing was going on. But I was communicating with a tribal leader that I actually went hunting with and he lost his child. And I mean, him not taking any uh, hurt by losing this thing. And that was like a sense of loss or sense of attachment. That was like the thing I had asked for, attachment, judgment, and ego. 
And I went off from that campfire and we spoke in that language with the tribal leader. And it was just, it was like, it's really is to me in New York today, even more surreal because this is over thing, but I was in physical contact with this. And this is the thing about it. It blew my mind. And I was literally trying to tell everybody about this story about him losing the child through the, we were out hunting and stuff. And he didn't let go. He goes, this is nature's way. There's nothing. Energy can either be created or destroyed in that sense. You know, they were so connected with the source of life. And that's where I was looking for. But look, I came back from that there and I wrote, as I have a book, I never wrote in a diary before. I wrote 67 pages nonstop after that. It was literally telling the whole story. And I read it, I still get the goosebumps and what I went through. But I come home and everything was just, I'm fixed, I'm healed. I mean, crying for at least four or five hours. It was a joy, so much happiness that was so good. There's many people that was crying, screaming the whole time because they were going through torment of the people who were abused when they were kids and stuff. There's a lot of things that were going on there for people. There was one man that he thought he was gay and he was his wife and he was been tormented and Mother Ayahuasca was showing him the way. But for me, I came home and the awareness was so surreal. It was like everything, I would drive along the roads and boom, a beautiful tree. I'm stopping, I'd sit and stare at the tree for about half an hour. I'd be in the BT van, I'd be like, that's the most amazing tree I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, just everything started to be beautiful. Everything started, you know, I mean, being up the pole and there was a tree and there was water come off this lead and the rain would drop down off and I would just be obsessed with this here. It was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But the more that did to me, man, I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't filter what life was anymore. My head was, this awareness was too much. When you become too aware and you're so connected with everything, you want to suppress it. And I wanted to suppress it because I had no understanding with it. I suppressed it so much. I went back to the drinking drugs again. And it literally ripped me to shreds. And Dee Graham had been following me along the way. He's doing suits for the celebs. He actually was doing a suit for a lady called Kim Calvert. And he rings me up and he says, do you know a guy, Bob Proctor? I goes, I think I know. I goes, Bob Proctor was meditating to him this morning, you know, because I was still into what I heard from bits and pieces of my past. And he says, well, this lady here says she's best friends with Bob Proctor. I go, oh, is she shite? Where's she from? Lurgan. And I goes, right, right. Anyway, he says, right, we're going Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Let's go. Uh, I goes, no, I'm not in there. He says, I got you a ticket. I'm lifting you at the house, paid the house. He took me up to Oma in the Silver Birch Hotel. And um, yeah, I bumped into Kim Calvert. And that lady just described what I just described to you there in detail of what it is, what we do, our powers and our hair metal faculties, the universal laws and what way it goes and how you just fucking blew my mind. Dot, dot, dot. Your thoughts become things, your feelings, thoughts, feelings, actions, your attitude to life is going to be life's attitude to you. All this started to go in my mind. I goes, you shit me. And she goes, you tell me what you want and I'll show you how to get it. I threw down the books. I want to do what you do. That was it. There and then I says, I want to do what you just done to me there now. You blew the soft skin <laughs> off me. And... <laughs> my life would have just you know again making that decision but being in the right condition surrounded by the right people with the right material with the right state of mind i ended up developing myself so much that kim took me on board because i actually wanted it took me on board as one of our associates and now sitting on a stage you know just there exactly two years to the date that i was on it that i said that and the hilton hotel in belfast 65 people in the room teaching this material that now that you know bob Crocker has left a legacy with I was following on that legacy that I said I was going to do it. And I was in the phone this morning to people in part, or he was out in Nice. We've got people in Ukraine. You wouldn't believe it. Like, you know, it was crazy that we're communicating still. They're in the pool. But we've still got people all over the world. We're in like 58 countries now. And I communicate with these people teaching this material that I bring through the manuscript. But that's 
people that are looking to change, but not nobody's willing to change. Nobody's willing to nobody's willing to put the effort in, you know. And what I did want to do, lad, and I thought I went on this journey because my mother gave me something which is unconditional love, and I wanted to give her back to her, but you can't give what you don't have, you know. Yeah. I felt that, and what happened there, I goes up. When I got through this and I got through my study and it was really difficult studying because you had to get down to what the core you is, who am I is the big question I had to ask and I had fucking no idea and I didn't like the answer I was getting at the time. Yeah. And when I really did find out who I am, when I'm a beautiful soldier and I can look at myself in the mirror, all my journey was is for me to fall in love with myself. My mother didn't want me to love her. It was my mother wanted me to love me and respect me so I could live a life that would be, you know, honorable that she could actually enjoy and she loved being around and her life has changed because i changed mine i have other friends that changed their life i've got aunties of cousins i have people all over the world now changing their life because i changed myself it becomes infectious then what you're doing there self-development helping people overcome certain things that they do not believe in this is what we do this is the reason why we feel compelled is because we've done it ourselves you're superhuman we're all superhuman We've got that gift deep down inside is that unique code and that be given to you. And that's what we talk about D Graham and that unique gift, you know, his, you know, that suit, that suit is yours, that made for yeah. you. There's you were made for a reason on this earth, that body that you're in. I believe every single person is here to help one another. And it's in that service that we feel we will see our purpose in life. And that is the way I feel right now. Yeah, I, I love that that's the like the non quitting you, whatever it was, stubbornness before you knew that it was designed. But the fact that you never quit it, and again, a, any one part of that story, if you had it stopped at any part of that story and you're sitting in a pub and you're saying, I did this and then I failed here, people would go, Oh, well, that makes sense. I wasn't for it. Like they, they oh. would just say, Fair enough. And then, and then I went and did, became a champion boxer. And then, then I went on the drink because I didn't have anything. All those suppose that it makes sense because you had a goal and then it was over. You, you couldn't see what to do. People would, would help you justify it. But the fact that you were like, right, that didn't work. What's next? That didn't work. Like, and that's how you ended up with Kim. You keep doing and taking whether you want to do it or not. You're lucky to have a friend indeed that drags you along. I'd be the same sort of guy. I'd be going, we're going to this. No, it's not for me. And you're like, well, I'm outside your house. So fucking either you walk <laughs> in the car, I drag you to the car, either one. Um, but that's how you're getting that. And then working off of that, um, just what, what the universe has given you. So it's sort of, I, I just love listening to the story. I forgot I was supposed to ask you questions and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, Lada, like everybody doesn't understand that that's fucking failures and I've seen it so much and everybody else is worried what everybody else says. I say I'm going to do something, they laugh. When I said I was going to do an all-around champion, they laugh. When they yeah. said I was going to go to a yoga retreat by myself, they laugh. When I say I was going to do ayahuasca's up, they laugh. Everybody's hanging on to everybody else's other words to say this is the truth. Go and find your own truth. Go and find your own lane. Because I can tell you what, everybody's in one lane together at the minute, 97% of the world, and they're all going in and it's a fucking very busy lane. And there's too much noise. There's not enough time to even breathe and eat. But I can tell you what, when you just go in your own lane, it's so much free. There's so much freedom. Yeah. There's nobody bothering you there. There's nobody asking you. Nobody understands it. And you know what? It's actually good because you know why? You're finding your own purpose. You're finding your own lane. And you're finding what it is to be you. Everybody's running around trying to be like everybody else. And you know what? Who could blame them? They're not aware. And you don't know what you don't know, Lane. You yeah. know that. Uh, the, the unknowns 
is what holds most people back and i was in the same boat like everything everything that i did that i would consider to be off of like real note in my life people laughed I'm gonna write a book I love you it. and you're like yes gonna like i moved to london without ever really being away from my family on my own i'm thursday found out about or tuesday found out about london thursday i'm booking flights friday morning i'm flying out to london people what are you going to do with that and being in your own lane you meet people like yourself like we would we would never have crossed paths if we weren't doing if on paper we should never cross paths it makes no sense for what we're doing in our life but because we're living to a higher i don't know calling if you want to call it calling you don't you attracted D into your life, right? They introduced me to you because look, you need to go and talk to this guy. This guy Liam's doing crazy things. I have no one. Of them. And that was the way. Same with Kim, you know, but it was Lee that moved me over to you. But what did he do? D came from a plumber to now shooting out McGregor, shooting out all the sleds and doing his own business. And shooting out us. Never mind them. Aha, yes, exactly. I know that's what <laughs> learned. But you know, and this is the thing about it is, but we started attracting people on that level. It's like, yeah. I went on, like we went over and holidays there just a couple of weeks ago. We went off uh, to Maldives, business class away. But what I didn't meet, and there's a bar in the A380. We drive down to the Manchester just to get the biggest play in the world because it's got a bar in it. And, you know, the bar is, and, you know, people say, oh, you still have a problem you're drinking. But you know what? It's when you understand yourself, you control, you can take control out of yeah. everything and aspect of your life. But what you met on there, you didn't meet anybody that was working in open rates or engineer or an IT you met people or thing. I met a boy that was in JD Sports. You know, you put yourself in this environment. Now you put yourself. He was twenty percent a shareholder of JD Sports. He was on there, and it was great. I was actually in Maldives. We we're doing like Japanese teriyaki thing with fire food. Who was the guy sitting next to me? He was the head of a galley one time, and he's a guy that has written many books. You know, this is the kind of environment when you start stretching yourself and start going in your own lanes. Like there's not many people going there. And there's not many people doing it. And the conversations are more stimulated towards what you want and what you're going to get mm. rather than what happened, what the problem is. Did you see whore? Look at the cut of that. Yeah. One, one of the things in my bookshelf, I love this section of my bookshelf because I know all the authors. Like, and oh, when people right. say, them, so I, I know that all the people that wrote them, their friend, I can call them my friends. Like, I know them. People would say, how do you meet these people? I'm like, because of how I live my life that like people are attracted to me as I'm attracted to them. And because you get more self-aware, like if I, if I'm out, I, even before the pandemic, I very rarely went out anymore. I just didn't see the point, but if I'm out and someone's talking small talk or nonsense, I happily will say to them, look, this conversation is just not for me. I'm away and I leave and people be like, you're so rude to my friend. And I'm like, it was a waste of my life. Like they, they were talking about, Emmerdale, I don't give a fuck. I was like, I want to the talk thing about, about it. Is, Len, you give yourself the respect. You have yeah. so much respect for yourself. You have a self image that you say, I know where this leads because I know if I think like this and I receive thoughts like that, I'm going to feel like this and then I'm going to act like that. Thoughts, feelings, actions, composite of your attitude. You start hanging around losers, you're going to become a loser. We all yeah. know that saying. It's and that's something, something that you didn't like doing. Something I took from um bob proctor's work and it was that don't just it's a statement and i'll say it to myself anytime i'm bringing myself down or if i'm focusing on if something's not working out even if it's just technology or whatever and i'm focusing on it and trying to trying to get myself out of that mindset and it's just don't dwell on anything you don't want 
And I'm like, it's such a fucking simple statement. But even even if you didn't believe in the secret or or the universe or that we have a path, well, you didn't believe you in be like, you didn't believe in gravity. I it just works. Yeah. So like gravity works the way it works. Like I don't know what happened before the apple fell. It mustn't existed, but it, but it, it works because it works. And just saying that statement, anytime I dwell in anything or if I'm struggling with trying to create um, a new video or a podcast or whatever it is, I just say to myself, don't dwell on what you don't want. And then that's enough. You're like, it just automatically switches you into, well, what do I want? That's it. Lad. And it's only through that repetition of training yourself. I was out for, we went out to the Galgorm there, I was home with the weekend and uh, Kim and all, we went out and, you know, and it was the most stimulating when you start training yourself and they become your friends, the people that you you know, you study with and everybody that also we're talking about what you want, what your goals are. And like they and me get on the phone and we're punching the steering wheel or punching anything in front of us because well, that's sick coming off the phone because all we've talked about is what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, and how much fun we're going to have and getting it. We yeah. like, and that's the reason why I say you, we talk about here goals. Like I say, a bigger goal that's so big and scary that it absolutely frightens the life out of you. Like that's what you're going to get in life. You're going to get something that's going to stimulate growth. If you know the way to it, it's not a goal. It's not going to stimulate growth. If you have a goal that you have no idea how you're going to get it, that's what you want to do. You want to get that stimulated. And you have to say to yourself, who am I? What do I want? And when the fuck am I going to go and start taking action to get it? Because thought will bring the thing to you and action will make you receive it. So many people lack on the second part. Yeah. The, whenever I used to do the group stuff, I would have tennis balls with me or juggling balls for a few different things. And one of the things I would say to people when we do um, goal setting and everything is, I'm going to throw this ball at your face. I want you to do one of two things. I want you to either reach out with your hand and catch that ball or just think about catching it, whichever one you want. And then I'd throw the ball at their face and they all catch. Why did you do that? If thinking just does the same thing, why did you bother catching? Well, I would have got hit in the face. Like, exactly. The action is what brought that experience out. Just thinking about catching that ball, you're getting you hit in the face. You have to do both. Ball. I know you have to think and act, but at the same time, you yeah. think of your hands in your pocket and you don't need to stimulate any action in your life. Yeah. So it's what was one of my pet peeves for a long time. The amount of people that, oh, that doesn't work. I tried that. What action did you take when you tried it? And we've already said that on the podcast. What action? Oh, I didn't. We always. The great story of the Chinese bamboo, you've heard that many times, like, you know, for the training farmer plants the Chinese bamboo, plants it in the ground, people walk along and he waters it, cares for it and everything. And after a year, bloody nothing. After everybody would be saying, did I actually plant that seed? It's not there. They'd probably go hooking around and probably yeah. ruin what's going on there. But two years, still nothing. Three years, but the Chinese farmer's knowing he's got awareness. He's got understanding that if he maintains his faith and keeps his going and keeps nurturing and looking at it and keeps in the right path, he would after six years, that Chinese bamboo in six weeks shoots the eight feet tall. Yeah. Six weeks. But that's after six years. Most people give up with their goal after three months. Look at many times we go to January and say, we're going to do this here. Boom, it's gone. I yeah. went on a goal for me to better myself so I could love my mother and give my mother the love that she gave me one day till I end up realizing she was looking, never looking at it in the first place. The thing <laughs> that you think you're looking for, yeah. probably not it at all. Yeah. And it's so great as freaking fun in life now that I get to sit like and I I don't know, you probably have the same. I have my 90-day goal here. I've got my calendar in front of me that I've designed and it's highlighted what everything's going on at work. And the right here, I've got me and my partner's calendar where we're doing all our socials. I've got my statement of what I am in life. I've got my ideal client, I've got my self-image script. 
these are the things that I look at every day and I read and I go on it. I get my gratitude down and I start working. People out there think they need to go and do a lot of things. You could start right now. The only most important thing in your life is that there, a bloody pen. That's the most important thing in anybody's life is a pen. And if they were able to take that pen, I did that and I realized it with boxing, but I didn't know how to consistently get results over and over again. Yeah. The, the idea, you have the same thing as me, like there's stuff stimulating you around the house towards your goals. People, whenever you tell people about that, like I say about having we post notes about your house, just to remind you of things. And like, I've got, like I was talking about this on, on a group session I was doing yesterday. I have a weapons wall in my room. If you go into my room, there's a full wall of weapons. But when I look at that weapons, the, <laughs> Yeah, it's just normal there. Yeah, just for me, it's normal. When I look, when I look at the broadsword, for example, I don't look at that broadsword and see a broadsword. I see three years of training that I had to do to be allowed to do to take the broadsword exam. When I look at the spear, it's the same. When I look at it, it's not just when I look at the the suits. Like my shirt's right over there, and my other shirt and a jacket hanging up there. When I look at them, I don't just see oh, I got custom made. That's cool. I look at that and I go, I worked hard enough that I deserve to be wearing. Like I, I want, I, my, my actions stood out so much that my attire needed to stand out with them to show what I could do. Like, but people, people surround themselves with Facebook, with Instagram, with terrible shit they don't like, with negative food, foods they're afraid of. Like whenever I work in the addiction units one of the first bits of homework i asked them is to go home and smash their favorite glass why would it smash that it's my favorite glass I'm like what does it remind you of oh let's get rid of it let's buy a new glass that's like is going to remind you of this period of your life it's not to say it's a, ma- a magical switch but it's just a, a wee idea fuck maybe if i redesign my living space the stuff i see now is going to actually bring me closer to the goal rather than First thing, looking at Facebook in the morning and, and hating life because you're you're just seeing all that sort of shit. It's in simple things that can actually make a big big difference in life. You know, your phone. I, we're all one of these guilties of we can take our phone and put it in another room and charge it. You hear that, but you get a better night's sleep with it. It's been scientifically proven that if it's not in the room, yeah. you get clean. But you're not looking at it the last time. You're not getting up in the middle of the night. You're not looking at it. And you're not getting up first thing in the morning. You got to set rules and parameters in life. That's discipline. What I've realized in this year that you got to get up like. You get up at half five in the morning here, and that's something that we get up every day just because you know why? If you sit around late at night and you have nothing to do and there's people to think, what are you going to do? You're going to turn on something that's absolutely got no, no service towards you getting your goal. It's got absolutely nothing. So what we do is get up early and you're never going to turn the on because there's nothing on. So you get up early, you get on your goals, you start doing your writing, you get out, I write with my non-dominant hand and I write my other hand. I work about making sure I'm changing neurons, firing different ones together. I always want to be doing something challenging myself. Why do I do it with my left hand? Because I know that it's difficult to do with it. And I realize that any habit that I try to pick up is going to be difficult to pick up. So whenever I start something new, I go, ah, this is hard right now. Try, I've now started the jiu-jitsu. That's hard right now. <laughs> yeah. But I know everything at the start is, you know, it's always appearing like that. Our brain is computerized and is programmed to just want comfort. And we always say, choose courage over comfort. And that's what I do every time because I fucking comfort is the absolute killer of all dreams. The thing that I was in was called BT. It was a job that everybody said to me, great pension, great pension. Don't leave that. Don't leave that. Oh, that's going to be a great job. Jeez, you have a great job. You have a great job. That's a great pension. 
I mean, I, every time I, I was just screaming out, oh my God, it's people just thinking about dying. You know, <laughs> most people that do get to 65 years of age, you know, I always said, you've got great Les Brown's quotes. People, most people uh, die at 25 and don't get buried to their 65. That is so true from the job that I left and no disrespect to anybody that is an open rights or BT working there, but I see it all the time. People die within say, Jesus, it's a good job. You couldn't leave it. You couldn't leave it. And you know what? They go through that same phase and tell the same thing over and over again. They get to 65 or 62 and they take an early retirement. They're too ill. They've got cancer and they end up sick. They go on a roof and they fell off in the day. They've got a heart attack after it. Because you know what them people are? They're programmed just to be in a thing. And then realize you take that away. They don't know how to live. They're yeah. ready to live at 25. You just locked into that monotony of, of safety and comfort that you think... Well, there is nothing else for me to do here. This is, this is who I am. Like I did bar work for thirteen years, and I remember when I was leaving, and people were like, "You're mental. Like you're a key holder. You're running the restaurant. Like what the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "Going insane. I hate. I hate every minute of this. I hate everything about it. I like the people, but like I, I, I say to people all the time, you have your work friends that are your work friends, and very rarely do they become." Like, if you leave that work, think back to the last job you had. Like, how many of them are you still friends with? I was like, you're in that world. It seems like it's the most important thing in the world. It seems like nothing will change, but... When, what's what's the error of the, the most recorded heart attacks happen each year? It's the error between eight and nine every single Monday morning. <laughs> the thought of going to work. But that is... It's, 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 <laughs> it must in America, they did a study that the more heart attacks happen between the hours of eight and nine on a Monday morning than any other time of the year. Why? Because they're heartbroken. They're fucking broken. Men getting up every day. They dread the Sunday afternoon from 5 p.m. onwards to get up to something they don't do. And this is what you got to do. And I just speak out to your listeners there. Like, you know, you can have absolutely anything you want now. You don't need to know how to do it. Me and Liam spoke there just previously off the phone there before we come on here about how outrageous it is to get up in your morning, to do as you please, to go into your living room, into your, into your bedroom, into your office, wherever it is, to sit down, pull out a book, do your study, choose your time, jump on a call and have a great chat with somebody they love doing and then help clients, help people achieve their dreams. Because we know, me and Liam both know, by helping others achieve their dreams, you will achieve yours. And that's what the greatest goal of them all is, to just get up and to serve. And that's what me and you are able to do because know what we done? We took all the laughter, we took all the criticism and we took out that there and we said, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Just go and do it anyway, because it's something that you love doing. And that wee voice, you would never have been given that vision if you weren't able to achieve it. That's what we believe. Brilliant. It's why I started a group as well. Like I did a lot of one-to-one and then I realized it's the community. It's the people I'm working one-to-one with someone and then I'm jumping on a call with two or three of my mentors or two or three people that are on the same path. And I'm like, why am I not giving this to my clients? And I... There's a, a, I've said this on other podcasts, there's a joke within my community where I say, like, I don't think I've said this before, but you really should ask for help in the group. And then they laugh because I said fucking all the time and no questions too small. Just even having the people around you to go, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm like that. And you're like, so I'm not alone. I'm not, it's just not me who feels like this. I'm like, no, no, I've done that. And it's why, like, I love your story at the start because if you just start following you now off the back of this conversation and you do and you follow you like the way most people follow on social media they don't really pay attention they just look at your story you'd be like that man's living the dream and must have always lived the dream and he's special he has something i could never have 
but to hear your story you're like fuck i would have give up i would have give up way long before he gave I up said, like you know the best is all the boys in bt said i said i was fucking going to do it i said i was going to do it that but, was the end of that i said it was going to i speak out loud because the more uncomfortable it is you trying to keep it in you're never going to get it out you need to express your wants you need to express what it is because you know why that's what desire is there it's there to be expressed out of you mm -hmm. that is unexpressed living energy within you that's what desire is and you want to express that and i express it every single way straight from the treetop crazy ass that boy's crazy but guess what a crazy ass is not sitting in a job the alarm goes at 10 o'clock you go and take your lunch and you're only 15 minutes and then at one o'clock you get another alarm going and then that's you done again now, who the hell is crazy when I can get up and go to the Costa, drive around with the car rooftop down and cruise around in the sun whenever the hell I want? Who is yeah. that crazy? Picking holidays and then sitting on the holidays and deciding, do you know what, Darren? We should pick on an extra couple of days when no point staying, you know, no point at home now. We'll go back and we'll stay home on Sunday. Doing that because you can Because you know what? I never had to ring anybody. I didn't have to assure anybody. Nobody has to ask me. When you go in your own lane in life, you're just going to be rewarded with so many good things. But you know what the number one thing is? Your feeling. You know, I don't care about getting nice holidays. I don't care about getting all the money. I don't care about anything of that. It's how I feel when I get up in the morning. I look at myself and I can tell you now, I say, I get goosebumps. I look and I realize I get to spend the rest of the day with that one. In the mirror looking That's back. Awesome. And that is one hell of a feeling. I said to a boy from Nason, he says to me, I don't want to feel like that. We're just going yeah. to look in the mirror right now. Because I didn't get that put into me. You're not going to get anything put into you. You've got all the gifts deep down right inside you on top potential. And you need to draw it to the surface. That's what we do. And that's what we do constantly on a basis of when our company, Dynamite Lifestyle, and Liam does it too. We bring people's gifts to the top and we shine a light upon them. And that's what you can. Everybody's got a gift, but nobody's willing to shine a light upon it. And you know what? You can never see the full picture because sometimes you're in the frame. You're in the frame. And that's it. You can never see the full picture. And that's why I get other people to do it. Liam mentioned there, he's got mentors. I have mentors. I have Les Brown. I have Bob Proctor. I have Kim Calvert. I had all these mentors because I said, was up. this is what I want to do. And you got to follow the person that you want. If somebody's doing what you want to do, get them. Go and listen to them. Follow them. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of asking them what you need to read and then ask them what they're reading. So, so like ask them what they're doing like what do i need to do and then what are you doing so that i can keep going there brian I, i'm aware of the time now i really appreciate and i definitely will be there's so much we could go into that i'm gonna <laughs> ask you back for sure um how do do people find you if they want to get in touch you want to follow your journey or learn from you or what's no, the best you, you can get me on facebook brian cassie or get me on instagram brand.cassie and as i say there's a link tree there that you can get for me that you can see on my page there that you can go and see all the materials. You can get your free mindset courses, whatever it is you want. And uh, as I say, we're we're constantly putting out because we're helping. We have like two and a half thousand people uh, signed up for a group this week. Now at half three there, the guys are taking all the rest of the associates. And as I say, we're helping people regardless. And you know what? You can come along. Liam's the same. We're going to be changing the world anyway. And we're changing <laughs> ourselves. So yeah, we can change the world around us because you know why it's impossible to change the world. Just change yourself, and the world around you will change. Love it, Brian. Thank you very much. I'm just so grateful for you to be on here. I really appreciate it. And for anyone listening, if you have any questions, please reach out to any of us. And until the next time, have a superhuman day, whatever you get up to. And I will speak to you again soon.